0: I'm Christopher Rice.
1: And I'm Eric Shaw-Quinn. The Dinner Party Show needs your support, and it's not going to cost you a dime. If you're getting ready to shop on Amazon, start at thedinnerpartyshow.com. Click through the Amazon Gold Box on our homepage.
0: And a percentage of those purchases will help support the show at no extra cost to you.
1: The same goes for all the buy links on our site, including our guest products and all the items featured in Christopher and Eric's favorites. Thank you for listening. And thank you for your support.
0: And now it's time for another episode. Episode of The Dinner Party
1: Show. Brought to you by you.
2: Hi, I'm Margaret Stoll. And I'm Cami Garcia. And we're the authors of Beautiful Creatures. And you're listening to The Dinner Party Show with the
0: fabulous
1: Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. I went
0: to
3: a marvelous
0: party. People don't even know the facts. They go with their gut don't and the only thing your gut cares about is money.
1: <laughs> Christopher, this is only going to work if we speak one at a time.
0: Fine. You first, Eric. Live!
1: Good evening, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and welcome to a special presentation of The Dinner Party Show as Kiss the Flame month continues.
0: That's right, my latest erotic romance, Kiss the Flame, is now available for sale at the DinnerPartyshow.com and from Amazon.
1: And if you've sent the kids out of the room and you're in the mood for a very, very... very Very, not safe for work podcast. Download episode 129 from our podcast library where we listen to your highly inappropriate messages of congratulations for Christopher and where premier party person Anne Rice used (laughs) our Facebook page to send us a very, very (laughs) Special spelling correction.
0: Spoiler alert, it's hyphenated. (laughs) And then some. all right, that's enough about that. Tonight we bring you a special extended interview with number one New York Times bestselling author Jennifer L. Armantrout.
1: That's right. Earlier this month, when Jennifer visited the Los Angeles area, we managed to get her into our studio for what we thought would be a conversation just about romantic fiction.
0: Aside from being a phenomenal success of an author, Jennifer is also one of the many writers featured in a thousand and one dark nights.
1: and you'll be hearing from a lot more of them when we bring you Dark Knights Fest next Sunday on November 29th.
0: Absolutely. But when Jennifer
1: visited earlier
0: this month, we ended up discussing a lot more than her latest movie news about her Lux series or her feelings about romance and young adult fiction in mm-hmm. general. We started to talk about a topic we bring up frequently here on The Dinner Party Show.
1: How not to be a jerk on the internet. Mm. Which, given some of our jokes, is maybe a little lofty a goal for us here at The Dinner Party <laughs> Show. I don't know.
0: Well we got to start somewhere. At any rate, <laughs> included in tonight's... Be the change <laughs> right. you want to see on the internet. Be, be the strain you want to see on the internet. <laughs> anyway, included in tonight's conversation with Jennifer L. Armantrout is a discussion of the hashtag she recently launched on Twitter, Use Social Media
1: for Good. Huh. Who knew that was possible?
0: Right. We talk about Jennifer's motives for starting it, its effects on cyberspace in general, and what it means to be decent and civil to people
1: you don't know or you do know right. on the internet. <laughs> exactly. All that's coming up right here, as well as a discussion of Jennifer's recent novella in the Thousand and One Dark Nights series, "Dream of You." So kick back and relax as we welcome number one New York Times best-selling author Jennifer L. Armentrout to the Dinner Party Show. And now, it's time for the 30-second book commercial!
2: Hi, I'm Laney Foley. Student on full scholarship, and that's why I can't act on my attraction to my handsome professor. It might jeopardize my grade. I'm Michael Bruchard, Laney Foley's handsome professor, and no matter how many assurances I give
1: her that I won't endanger her grade, she won't act on her attraction to me.
0: The whole thing's too much. I'm freaking out. I'm running through the French Quarter. Hey, where did this candle shop come from? Mmm, smells like my handsome professor.
2: I'm Lillian Williams. I haven't aged a day since 1959, and it's all because I lit a candle just like this one. So I should light it? No, you should not. Huh?
1: To find out how this conversation ends and to read some hot, steamy professor student action, download Kiss the Flame, a desire exchange novella by Christopher Rice. Now available for purchase at thedinnerpartyshow.com and from Amazon. We promise it's better than this 30 second commercial.
3: You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Enjoy the hors d'oeuvres, but don't fill up there's plenty more to come.
0: Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And joining us now in studio is Jennifer L. Armantrout. Or L'Armantrout. As we've
1: been toying with this morning. New name. Jennifer L'Armantrout. Uh, we're going to do the whole show very Frenchified today. Jennifer, welcome.
0: Welcome. Thank and you. And you. You. you were just telling us somebody told you the actual ethnicity of your last name.
2: Yes, I've always thought that the last name was German and apparently it's Armenian. Huh. And it actually makes sense, now that I think about it, that it actually... Because all
1: your relatives are Armenian.
2: (laughs) Right. (laughs) You'd be like, why? (laughs) Who are you people? They keep coming to my house. (laughs) No, I just assumed um, it was German, because it sounds very German-ish. And apparently, we got an education on um, Armenians. They migrated into... Originally, they started out as blonde, blue-eyed. Then they kind of mixed, um, and so they got darker skin and darker features, and then they migrated into Germany. So that's why... I my husband's last name, and he always said German, but my husband, um, we live in an area that's not very, doesn't have very diverse people. So mm-hmm. if you're like any type of dark skin, they automatically assume you're Hispanic. So these people are always speaking Spanish to him because they <laughs> assume he's Hispanic. And now that and I was looking at the driver and I was like, oh my gosh, he has the same skin tone and features as my husband. And right. I was like, he, I was like, "It is Armenian, so That's I can't amazing. wait to tell him. Be like, guess what? You're Armenian, not German. Sorry, right?
1: <laughs> Which explains all of your Armenian relatives. Yes, all these, these random the people, right? Why keep these coming Armenians
2: keep See, coming right? over? So I was like, wait a minute. I was like, I almost said that in the car. I almost was like, isn't the Kardashians Armenian yes, or something? And I was they like, are. I'll, I'll take it.
0: They are right. Maybe <laughs> totally some residuals are. from yeah. that
1: uh, family. They totally are. <laughs> Keeping related up with Jennifer. Yeah. When
0: we first met at Romantic Times in Dallas mm-hmm. this past year, I thought you were from New Orleans because. you Your accent is very New Orleans to me.
2: (laughs) That's
1: awesome. Well, and, you know, as long as we're bringing up the whole romantic times things maybe you should tell our listeners oh. <laughs> who the hell Jennifer is I think they know aside from being yeah I mean she's pretty famous Besides so I think probably most of you know, maybe but for the one or two of you out let there who me, still don't let know let me read from the
0: show notes number one New York Times and international best selling author Jennifer lives in Martinsburg
1: West Virginia which we sort of already covered where everybody that has dark skin is Hispanic yes you have the exotic Martinsburg West Virginia
0: different publishers Spencer Hill Press, Harper Collins, Entangled Teen and Brazen, Disney Hyperion and Harlequin Teen, Disney Hyperion of course are one publisher, and your book Obsidian has been optioned for a major motion picture, and there is some news mm-hmm. on the Obsidian front, as I understand yes, it. Yes,
2: yes. Um- you know the one thing I've learned with the anything when you go to Hollywood with uh, books to movie translations and adaptations is if you think publishing is slow, oh my <laughs> god, <laughs> nothing. Is it amazes slower. me that anything yeah. ever gets made then, at all. Yeah, and then when it picks up when it's when something's happening, it moves extremely Un- fast. Yeah. yeah, and it's, it's like a, overnight. The star signs on yeah. board,
1: and then they can't make it fast. Yeah, enough. but uh-huh.
2: then but it's it's like you know about things for months, and it's very cloak and dagger. You're not allowed to say anything. So I've right. known for almost the amount of time it would take to make a baby about the, um that we had a production company and a screenwriter and um we we Mr. Mud which is um John Malkovich's production company and uh Lyatt and Russ Smith um they those two are the producers they've come on board and Sierra fin- Affinity is the finance company behind it and we also now have a screenwriter Ava um Delaria. I know. I was like, your guess is as good as mine. I was looking at her name here. <laughs> oh, Ava I'm so sorry. Delaria. <laughs> I'm sorry, De- Ava. Blah, blah, blah. Um, um uh,
0: clearly you two haven't met uh, yet. Yeah.
2: No, but the, her the, close the, personal friend, friend Ava Lebsurbot. Uh, yeah. Um, but no, the the great thing about the the awesome thing about her is she's also a novelist. She wrote Love Letters to the Dead. I had read her book a while ago oh, before, cool. before oh, so they even be mentioned li- yeah it'll be a
1: lot more yes, sympathetic. that's yes. actually really a break because screenwriters yeah. don't always get
2: it yeah and so she uh, also was the I think the assistant producer executive assistant producer on Porks of Being a Wallflower
1: oh I love
0: that yeah, movie yeah so, and Mr. Oh. Mud did
2: that movie oh, so, one of my yes. favorite movies
1: ever um, best picture of the year I don't know why it wasn't nominated I'm just saying
2: <laughs> so it's I was super excited that she, she comes from a film background she's also doing her own screen Play for Twentieth Century Fox for the Perks, um, not Perks, uh, Love Letters to the Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So um, she comes from a writing background and in yeah, t- movies, say. so it's like the perfect yeah, combination. No Brilliant
1: adaptations, and, and I mean, all of that's yeah. just wonderful.
2: And I think that's what fans worry about the most is when they take a book and it goes because I completely understand that things are going to have to change to adapt to the screen. You can't right, have right. two hundred pages of internalization. Right. A book is a book
1: yeah, and a novel is a novel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a, a yeah. movie is a movie. It's not. It's not the same thing. It, but yeah. Yeah. It's capturing that yeah. spirit that essence. and finding yeah. a writer who can do that, who can get the mm-hmm. the spirit of the book as opposed to... There's the two schools where it's like somebody is reading you the novel mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. screen mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, this is not going to work out. And, yeah. Or like, uh, this has nothing to do with the book that I read.
2: Yeah, yeah right. When you're kind of like, what am <laughs> yeah. I...
1: Which it's one? It's not East of Eden. It's uh, Exit to Eden.
0: Oh, we don't even
1: talk about Exit, Exit to Eden. Yeah, the erotic romance like, really? that was turned
0: this into is, a jewel is, thief comedy caper. This is I can't Anne's talk book. Yeah, I, 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 no. I,
1: I don't know what this has to do with Anne's book. I... So,
0: but let me ask you a question, and I'm sure you've been asked already. Did you have any desire to adapt it yourself? Given Actually, the challenges? it
2: was vaguely mentioned to me, and I was like, nope, 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 nope. Well, <laughs> I was you like, have about, no no desire you write to write about
0: two hundred novels a month. Yeah, so pretty it would
2: much. When do you expect me to? write write a screenplay <laughs> right absolutely um, yeah no i you know and the thing is that I'm, I'm able now to finally reassure the fans that um first off sierra affinity they are huge fans of the series and great. how they actually found it is a great story one of the um the the, the executives in their foreign sales department was on it i think in canada at an airport they saw obsidian at the hudson um bookstore Uh they picked it up read it on their flight to la and immediately when they got off the flight they went to my website to see if the movie rights were sold so that is how they discovered the book so they became fans that's commitment um yeah and so and so i I, i'm now i'm able to really reassure the readers that first off the the, uh, people who have the rights are fans you know they're fans of the series
1: that's great to hear um
2: Mr. Mud has experience translating. They did Labor Day, Perks of Being a Wallflower. Adaptations to, are yeah. a
1: specialty, so that's colliding.
2: yeah. And they only attach themself, themselves to projects that they're fully committed to mm-hmm. making happen. So, mm-hmm. and then Ava, she comes from a you know a writing background, and so it's like the best team. I so think do you, you have can a have. sense
1: of like. Is there any casting news or when a no. production news or no. do they have a sense of time no. so they've got to cast Pro- it before they got a time? Yeah, and I yeah. think
2: I think they're hoping to have everything ready to. For like directors and things by the end of the year. Oh, that's great. Um, that's next. actually really fast. Yeah. Well, I mean, as you
1: know, <laughs>
2: I don't even know if I'm supposed to say this, or not. but we've had a script, um, and I read it and enjoyed the script, but it needed to be yeah. tweaked sure, and worked. I mean, and, and honestly, and I didn't know this, Editing but is everything. Yeah. And apparently, you go through several scripts, um, usually or screenplays, before mm-hmm. one is picked. And um, but they they they're determined for it to happen. So I think that's half.
1: That's really the, so. P- Encouraging. Yes, sir. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank That's wonderful really great news.
0: And for people who don't know the series, it's you're kind of the first author to make aliens work in mm-hmm. YA. A lot of people had tried. I mean, I am number four tried, but it wasn't the success they had hoped it would be. But this is really like a love story involving... I'm being diplomatic. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm trying <laughs> not to laugh not out loud. We're not going to talk about I didn't laugh story. out loud.
1: I just sort of chuckled <laughs> but, a little bit but he, <laughs> Sorry, the, sorry. The, it was lovely. Thinking, <laughs> way to go, Alex.
0: The thinking behind I Alex am number pretty four. pretty hands for her. <laughs> Was that uh, Take aliens, your shirt off, everything will be fine. Yes. the thinking behind it was that aliens would be next, mm-hmm. and and you were and they didn't do it, but you did.
2: So, congratulations! Thank you. Thank you. That'd be when I die, it'll right. be right. made she aliens hot,
0: made aliens <laughs> work. Yeah. In YA. Well, I think
2: what makes I think what makes obsidian different from I Am Number Four and the fifth wave, which came out after obsidian, is that it's a romance, obsidian. Is that series is a romance. I don't think I am number four is and I don't think the fifth wave really is like I don't think no. that's the, the it, core it, yeah. of it. Um, and I think that's what makes it stand out between that is that you know they're, they're you know aliens it's and, a romance and
1: people can still relate to mm-hmm.
2: that. Well I wrote Obsidian. I wrote about fifty to sixty percent obsidian, not knowing what the aliens look like in my head, like mm. what they look like in their true form. And I kept picturing um, the aliens from Independence Day, like the giant spiders, <laughs> right? Look, look a a thing. Yeah, and I was like, "This is not hot." So yeah. I need to figure something <laughs> yeah. out. It's hot in a certain kind, of, kind of fringe erotica on the yeah, stops yeah, stops This is on Amazon. Yeah, this is Amazon's like taken good. by the toaster <laughs> section of Amazon. Yeah. So, I had to come up with something. And that <laughs> is. I love that taken by the taste. That's the thing. It that's exists. a real book. It I'll bring it to you, yes. Eric Shawpoint. It Quinn. exists.
1: You know, I'm just going to take your word. For <laughs> yeah. It. You don't need, you need to, to, to actually it. bring me that book, although, unless there's a cover. There
2: no, there's is. There's a cover.
1: Yeah. I'll get you the cover. I need this to after. see the yeah. cover. And yeah. And you also have to
2: look at all the dino erotica. Oh, They're great to look at. But I, I was trying to think of what I could make the aliens look like. And I thought of when I was younger and I saw the movie Cocoon. And, you know, I don't know if you guys saw that or remember that, yes. but when they were in the pool, the uh-huh. pods, the pods glowed. Right. And that's where I got the idea that maybe the aliens are actually made of light. And yeah. their substance are almost kind of jellyfish-like where it's they look in their normal form to be almost humanoid right? but Ah. their skin is very translucent and yeah so better than insects I love that that
0: idea we have this conversation with my mother a lot that that the imagination around aliens seems very limited like people aren't really willing to go the lengths that you went to like we always get back to her complaint is most alien stories boil down to: they look like fish, and they came here because they're hungry and they want to eat us. And <laughs> or there's a like, mate with us. or us. yeah, yeah that's mate. your thing, Eric. With the they always want to have like, sex with us,
1: which is like
2: really no. They've that's across like, the galaxy. That's
1: like interspeciation. I'm not sure how that would work. Yeah, but yeah <laughs> like
2: hmm. I don't think this biologically can happen. Yeah. I know. Also, <laughs> or I don't want to think about it
1: happening sure biologically. We're that hot, you know? Like we all think we're beautiful, but <laughs> mm-hmm. we might be hideous on another There could planet. I know if two we have two eyes, ah, gross.
0: Intergalactic competition is fierce when it comes to dating. So, um, Telling you. uh, We want to talk about one of your other projects. We met in part because you are one of the authors in A Thousand Mm -hmm. and One Dark Nights. Dream of You, uh, A Wait for You novella, came out while we were on our summer hiatus, so we're going to talk about it with you now. I love the setup of this so much. Okay, I'm just going to read it. Abby Erickson walks out on a terrible date, witnesses a murder, and ends up under the protection of a cop who used to be the popular jock she
1: lusted after in high school. Oh, that is maybe
2: Boom. the best yeah, meet right? cute
1: I've ever, ever heard. Yeah. That's amazing. You know,
2: you just, I hate like when you leave a bar and you see someone get killed. You know? Yeah. I know, it's so
1: hot. So it's no, wait, really that's cool, cool that the, the guy you were crushing on in <laughs> yeah. high school is and the one who comes to your to rescue. Up. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's he, really great. Particularly after a shitty date, like You kind of
2: deserve that. Yeah, the guy
0: says you'd be hot if you lost a few pounds. Yes. Isn't that a turn on? Yeah. Yeah. Don't you love hearing that on a date? Wow, that's
1: really...
2: Well, Does you know, she, this,
1: is that the murder?
0: No,
2: right. <laughs> be like, I, I would just keep walking. I'd be like, yeah. oh, too bad would, for you. That would too be bad, the perfect date if
1: she went out and discovered he'd been You'd murdered. Be like, <laughs> that would be like, Aww. oh, well, that's too bad.
2: That's too bad. You didn't deserve it. Yeah,
1: you know? yeah. I Mean it.
2: No, but Abby's character, I had a lot of fun with her because um, I, she to me was like the everyday, you know, average woman who doesn't look like they're on a TV screen or on a book cover. Um and also she is a book editor. Hmm. So I was able to reach out to several of my friends in the book world and right. they allowed me to use a Abby as their editor. Oh so, cool. then, so I was able to talk about their oh, books. That's really yeah. great. So what a great yeah. idea. Awesome. I love so, those
1: kind of real world references. Well,
2: um see uh, one of them was Jamie McGuire. She had a book coming out, I think it was Among Monsters, and Abby was editing that book. In um, the dream of you, and it was real author, real book that's that was awesome. coming out, and so, and then they talked about going to signings with um like Tiffany King, Jay Crownover. Mm-hmm. So I was using real authors Brilliant. and stuff like Brilliant. that. So I always like to do that. I know like some Richard people, Castle's poker yeah. Game with all, yeah, the, <laughs> right? And Only the mystery for romance, right? yeah. Yeah,
1: with the, yeah, with the romance, I think that's I a great idea. That. And when you make the movie, you can actually bring the bring writers them in. in, yeah. And
2: well, I always like doing that. I know I had read once that I saw on Twitter, I saw. someone actually say once that they hated it when they saw authors put their friends in books and I was like I don't put them in because my friends it's I like the real it's real like when I have a yeah, character who's right. reading a book like I always like I have one character reading a uh, Laura Sion book another one reading Laura Adrian mm-hmm. and I mean these are not two people that I talk to on a regular basis so it's not like I'm pimping them out kind of yeah, thing right? And but I think that's it's kind of like a little easter egg it's mm-hmm. like this yes, like, yeah. this really I got exists. a nice yeah. note today
1: from Philip Cohen um, who said mm-hmm. one of the things he was enjoying about Wright murder was mm-hmm. the specific Make references it, yeah. to real things in Hollywood and I've gotten that several times from people enjoying the book because it has a realness to them there yeah that was why what i was loving about your idea of bringing in the other authors because it gives it that that reality is
0: it what we call million dollar word coming verisimilitude is I that think that would be,
1: no. I think that would be if you had an author who is really, really similar, really, really like one of her friends, and it seemed like, and you had based oh. the character base, on details. I think verisimilitude is creating something that is so well drawn that it seems real, but isn't. I think that's right. Okay, I could that's be a wrong. Big People word. People feel free to it, call it. I in love and care, that word, but because the the it's verisimila. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you got I, it. That's,
1: I remember that from, from theater history class. Cool. That was how I remembered what that meant. I think that's right.
0: Well, we're going to be back here in just a minute with Jennifer L. Armontrout, number one New York Times bestselling author. And we're going to talk about a soon, s- to a. soon to be movie producer. Soon to be movie producer. And we're going to talk about a special hashtag that she started recently <gasps> on social media. Stay Excellent. with us. I'm Christopher Rice.
1: And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn.
0: The internet is full of people talking about stuff they hate. So on the DinnerPartyshow.com, we've decided to launch a new feature
1: that's all about stuff we love. That's right. It's called Christopher and Eric's Favorites. Each month, we'll recommend a variety of products we just can't live without so that you can enjoy them too.
0: You can visit Christopher and Eric's favorites at TheDinnerPartyShow.com, and that's where you can also sign up for our newsletter and be the first to know when new favorites are added to the site.
1: And remember, if you use any of the buy links on TheDinnerPartyShow.com, a percentage of your purchase will help support the operation of the show.
3: You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where the soup is hot, but the heads are hotter. Hi,
2: I'm Jordan Ampersand. Did you know that Christopher Rice, co-host of The Dinner Party Show, writes books? Yeah, I didn't know either, and neither does anyone else, because nobody reads his stupid
1: (sighs) books. Jordan, you had one
3: job.
2: One. I'm sorry. I'm just having trouble believing Christopher wrote an erratic romance. I mean, what is it about? A guy who stays home and falls in love with porn? No.
1: Stop talking.
2: A guy who falls in love with texting guys who are too young for him? How old are you again? I don't see how that's relevant.
1: What's relevant is you're fired. And that Kiss the Flame, a Desire Exchange novella by Christopher Rice, is now available for purchase through TheDinnerPartyShow.com and Amazon. It's the latest installment in Christopher's steamy, erotic romance series.
0: I hope I'm not in it. That would be so embarrassing.
1: Uh, It's a straight romance, not a psychotic, gay, drug-addicted, chipmunk romance. Do they even write those? Someone will.
3: Soon. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. And now, it's time for The Dish. We hope you kept your silverware.
0: Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And our guest tonight is Jennifer L. Armentrout, the number one New York Times and international best-selling author. And...
1: Soon to be a major motion picture. Yes,
0: absolutely. We have brought you breaking news about the Obsidian. About Obsidian.
1: Very hot. Motion (laughs)
0: picture scripts, script writers, everything on the way, everything happening soon. Maybe you'll have casting. By the end of the year,
1: maybe we'll start hearing really like production schedules. So fingers crossed, Jennifer. Great news. Congratulations. Okay, two things we want to talk about. The
0: first is in your bio. You live in Martinsburg, West Virginia, and you are here to say that all the rumors you've heard about that state are not. True. So so not what are for the lovers? rumors that aren't true? Well,
2: well, mostly not true. <laughs> it's not for lovers, is not Virginia well, still for lovers? No. Well, see, here's the big thing. Um, oh no. West Virginia and Virginia are two different states.
1: Oh, I thought you said Virginia, West Virginia. No, they really <laughs> that, are. They have been for a really no, long, time. long time. I had verisimilitude. <laughs> you have geography. I problems. have geography.
0: Issues, no, sorry.
2: No, everybody does that. That's totally okay. It's just like they think of Virginia, and they when you, they hear West Virginia, they think Western I just, Virginia. I yeah.
1: just faded out yeah, West yeah. Virginia. West Virginia about
2: that. is actually. Actually, I think it's called um, Almost Heaven is our state motto. West Virginia, um, right. Yeah, it used to be. Louis
1: Shenandoah River.
2: Yeah. Um, That's the song. What's the other one? Um, oh, shoot. There's another uh, weird saying. No, I mean, I think people have this this opinion of West Virginia that when they come to it, they're like – Oh, this is wasn't what I was expecting. Like when I have like publicists or whatever come from New York, they're like, I, I wasn't because ex- it looks like any other place. I'm like, what were you expecting? Right, right. Like we we don't we don't have outhouses. We don't walk around barefoot and pregnant with no teeth. Right. Um, and but now, it's really, but it's mountainous. Everywhere. It's beautiful, well, once, right? Like that's once, my impression. Once is all you the, cross the, hills the Appalachian, and the... like yeah, once okay. you get now, I will say once you get to like southern part of West Virginia, get down mm. to Canal County, um, it does get a little bit more. Um, sparsely rural. populated rural <laughs> but still very beautiful and yeah. you know and honestly very yeah very, that's always been my yeah, impression. It's very lovely state. small towns I think what People like, for example, the movie The Wrong Turn took place in West Virginia. Oh, Lord. Cabin oh, yeah. Fever, and everybody always says Deliverance. Deliverance never took place that in West Georgia, Virginia, wasn't it? No, ha ha ha. <laughs> no. It was um, my friends from Georgia. I like that to be true. Um, no, but I think it was Tennessee. Was Kentucky. it? Oh,
0: our sound guy Brandon is yeah, from Tennessee. Tennessee or so what ah. everyone in the South does not want to wants to shift the yeah. blame and for he Deliverance. He has a pretty yeah. mouth, so I you got a, a pretty
1: p- mouth. Yeah. So yeah, that must be. <laughs> that I was originally what we
0: called this show: Pretty Mouths. Pretty Mouths. Pretty Mouths. No, they but didn't um, test well. but
2: the Hatfields and McCoys are real, and you know, and so I think they they see that, and they think that's all of West Virginia. But I live probably sixty five minutes from Washington D.C., so I'm in um, yeah, the eastern pretty, part of West <laughs> that's Virginia. Yeah, pretty
1: metropolitan.
0: Yeah,
2: so but it's um, but we do have. Areas where it's like time has forgot that right. land. <laughs> don't Every
0: state has it. I mean, yeah. if you go to the Central Valley of California, there are some scary places with some people or who Cal- some mm-hmm. in way northern, way northern
1: California. Yeah, yeah. Every state has its like. Ah. And Death Valley. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Turn off your air conditioner, or you might not make it all the way across. Absolutely. Like, yeah.
2: all right, I've always well, wanted to see Death Valley. I've never seen it. It's so.
0: it's uh it's interesting. It's
1: you it's know terrifying. it's the great part about it <laughs> is that it.
2: Why is it if so scary? You, if you've
1: seen it, you don't have to see the whole thing because you can just multiply that times like a million <laughs> right? yeah, because totally. it's just that over and over and over
2: again. Is it scary because it's like endless well, nothing? It's, yeah,
0: exactly. And you could die there because of the heat. Like oh. if your car breaks down in Death Valley, it could be 120 degrees. It is real. Oh. I mean, and there is nothing. And there's nothing. Wow. There is yeah.
1: nothing. Like there, literally, I, I, when I drove to, came first moved here, there was I don't know if they're still there. There were signs that said you might want to turn off your air conditioner now because you might not make it all the way across if you're yeah running the car and the air conditioner at the same time. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Oh, my gosh. I was like, the scale. abort, abort, abort. It's the scale of it. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and it's, the, it's the thing, if you've never done it, being from yeah. the East Coast, you may not have. Like, There is a sense in the West of like, it's like you're on another planet. I had never before I drove out here had any concept of that much nothing at any one time. You can literally see two or 300 miles in any direction around you.
2: And there's just and there's these, nothing, and you don't. Version, it,
1: that's not even something I can really conceive of. Yeah, with and our my, version
2: of that is hundreds and hundreds of miles of what we consider nothing is trees, hills, and mountains. Like you mm-hmm, know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's. But this us, is yeah, really, really nothing. nothing the yeah. thing
1: that really first blew my blew my mind was the absence of any radio station, at all. Wow! Like I hit the scan button. And it just kept going around
0: and Do you, around I'm, and I'm, around. Su-
2: I'm guessing they probably patrol that area by air frequently for people who broke break down. I, or... we,
0: I hope so. I hope so. I'm sure one of our party people probably knows and will say so on the Facebook page. But yeah, I, I don't. Some of that, it's like we think we're more secure than we really are in that sense because there is just a lot it's nice out to there. Feel. I mean, even the counties right. that <laughs> encompass Palm it's Springs. Nice even so. if I'm just making yeah. it up, That's... it's nice
1: to assure myself well, the things was, that aren't I was really thinking happening. That too. Like
0: everything's if you, fine. If you thought, <laughs> if you described nine. 11 to somebody before yeah, it happened it. they, they would have been it. like yeah. oh that would never happen they yeah. wouldn't see the box cutters would set off the metal designers. Oh, mm-hmm. anyway. even
1: watching yeah because we didn't realize how easy it would be well
0: anyway all right so recently you started a hashtag mm-hmm. which oh. started trending now yes. we're getting
1: to the dangerous
0: World worldwide yeah. hashtag was called use social media for good what brought this
1: about good for you thanks.
0: by the way
2: thanks you know and the funny thing is, is I'm not an overly positive person you know? <laughs> neither <laughs> are we and the funny thing is, if I'm just like, this is fucking ridiculous. I can say that, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that the way- One of the reasons we do this <laughs> yeah, show is because right, cool. you can say that. Um, that social media has gotten to the point that it is like landmines everywhere you go. You go into Facebook. You go into Twitter. You go to, I mean, even Instagram. Someone posts a picture and you're scrolling through their comments. And then there's just these hateful, mm-hmm. spiteful comments. And it, has, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be anything directed at you or directed at me. It's just that if you ever fall down the comment section of an article about, like, puppies and kittens. Right. And then you start reading the comments on an article about puppies and kittens, and, you know, there's a difference between trolls... Online because trolls, you can just ignore them. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they're nothing. I mean, let's just be real. I mean, these people—they got nothing else better to do. They got right. Cartoon profile. Yeah. 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 yeah, I'm supposed to take your little anonymous profile seriously, yeah, like right, whatever. Right, right. Um, but it's the, it's it's not them. It's these people who have no shame that their their profile, their source of employment, their school is all linked on their profile, and they're going and saying the most hateful things to people. Like if you ever open up, a, like especially a female celebrity. Um, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. like she tweets something and you go look at the tweets of responses like the threats of rape death violence and these are not troll accounts if you click on their profiles they're like real people out Mm -hmm. there who think it's okay to say something like that. Jesus. Yeah, and it's...
1: I, this is, again, why I never look at the comments. Yeah, well, yeah,
2: ever. yeah. And I, I obviously want to give myself a stroke one day, mm-hmm. because every so often, I just go down the oh, comment yeah, rabbit too. hole, and then I just get
3: so angry. It's so, it's so har- angry. And despairing so, and oh, horrified. God, like, yeah. yeah, totally.
2: So there was this oh, video, what started it, and I can't remember who it is now, but she is a beauty blogger and vlogger. And she posted this video where she shows that she wears makeup because she actually, I think, has really horrible acne. But you could not tell. I mean, that woman knew how to artistically apply makeup. So she shows people what she looks like. But what the video was, she then showed all of the comments underneath her YouTube video Mm. about how people say she's horrible because she wears makeup. She's horrible without makeup. And it was literally like this person could not win. No matter Mm -hmm. what she did, Mm -hmm. she was attacked Um, by people, like, again, who have, like... It's almost like they think they're living Mm. in a vacuum and that they can say what they want. and they're entitled. And also, can we please explain what freedom of speech is? Yes,
0: yes, yes. (laughs) Yes, like,
2: freedom of speech protects you from the government censoring what you're saying. Um, If you go online (laughs) and threaten somebody, guess what? Freedom of speech does not protect you. If you have uh, speech of hate, speech of violence, you are not protected. Also, you can say... I hate, I think it's okay that dogs fight to the death. Well, guess what? You have the right to say your opinion, but your employer may disagree with you and yeah. they can f- terminate your employment. <laughs> like, people and don't I understand think, that. And I
0: think, and this is part of the
1: problem. Yeah, not too. freedom from consequences,
2: yeah, yeah, that's exactly. not in the Constitution.
0: Freedom the, of speech. The, yeah. the, and this gets, I think, to the crux of the issue. The platform is not obligated to host your exactly. speech. Exactly. And I think some of this is about these platforms will not moderate what's happening. Well, they don't their, want, their, no, the, they the, they can't want to, that's a labor yeah. They don't want to, but there are some people that are saying this is actually what's bringing down Twitter. That yes. people are leaving Twitter because there's I, no moderation, no, there's no, no protection, there's nothing. And it's and it's actually and so the only people on and there they're are journalists off. Yeah. They're laying. They laid off 300 people a few weeks ago, and so the only people on there who are are journalists who are retweeting their own articles, which they've published in other places. But yeah, I mean, I just point to the Scientific American decision recently where they said we are eliminating comment sections altogether. Mm-hmm. We are a scientific publication. <laughs> We have influenced public policy, and we cannot host a forum for creationists to come on and share non-scientific beliefs yeah. on our articles. There are plenty of places right. where creationists can they can, can start go. their own magazine if they yeah. want to,
1: but we're not. Well, gonna, that's the thing that's too. It's like thing.
2: one thing that always frustrated me is that people will say something hateful and spiteful, and then they 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 say freedom of speech. And it's right. like that's you know, you can say it but you're not protected from the right. consequences. But also why do you have to say it? Right. So that's why I came up with the idea, just for one day, instead of saying something mean, say something randomly nice about somebody. Or maybe every yeah, day every day. But I was like, if we could just do one day on social media wouldn't and it be nice? I get, wouldn't it be nice. And I you know, of course like I was so shock that it took off but of course like if you went on my Facebook page they were the people who would be like what do we need to do this? you must have a thin skin yeah. and I'm like no that has nothing to do with that <laughs> but yeah. you know but still but you always have those people that come on in like the kool-aid yeah. guy right busting up in your comments <laughs> like my opinion needs to be oh, heard yeah, yeah. Right. oh yeah that's like I'm but it's like, Stop also it. <laughs> and Eric
0: always says it's like you can share your crazy opinion yes, and, and we're gonna you're not protected from yeah. a
2: response from
0: it yeah. like if someone's like your opinion Sounds crazy. That's a r that's free speech yeah. too. You know, it's yeah, it's it's a lot of people. What I have seen, and I think we all understand this as writers, is we, we've been familiar with a while uh, for a while with the sacrifices that you make when you're public and when you put stuff out mm-hmm. in the open yeah. and a lot of times now we have people who want to put this very incendiary and maybe even hateful and spiteful opinion out there and then they don't want anyone to say anything about it that they disagree mm-hmm. with like maybe your motives are suspect maybe what you're saying is a little dangerous mm-hmm. maybe what you're saying is actually you're advocating harm towards a person they don't want to hear any of that they're like no it's my opinion and I'm like that's not how this works it's a no. two way street
2: and also yeah, it's, those are the
1: thin skins.
2: Yeah. yeah, it's also the belief that once you become a public figure, you're no longer human. Yes. And I hate that because you know what? When when actors, authors, musicians, um, public personas become that way, they do not sign up to get Threats of violence and horrible things sent to them on a daily basis. Yeah. no one signs up like, for that. If you don't
1: like the book or the yeah. movie or whatever, fine. Yeah, like, like that's, just, that's just fair go game. Go about. But, it. I mean, there's things in the do, world
2: right now to be really concerned. Why about. are oh, the attacks
1: yeah. always personal? They, why can't just, it be? I hate this there. book. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, you're you're allowed. The, yeah, thanks yeah. for buying it. Sorry, you Sorry, hated yeah. it.
2: I mean, that's the thing. Is like we're not talking about like criticism or rifle criticism. We're not talking about when someone does say something that's suspect or potentially needs to be called out. But see, I think also. So there's a problem with the call out culture that exists yeah. on social media because what happens is that their outrage ends up overshadowing the offense yes. like you don't even know why everybody's mad anymore mm-hmm. you just everybody's just yelling at one another and when you come into Twitter you're like oh something happened here today Yeah. Like, and you're trying to like search through these threads of tweets and it's always it's just like it's guys like it's always going to go downhill that's what, yeah. that's what we've yeah. compared yeah. it
0: to writing on water where you can't go back and find because it's been on there's water no and record. It's, it's there's evaporated. no record I
1: even look at my- my own comments. If I wait too long before I look at the notifications and mm-hmm. stuff, it's like I don't know what we're talking about here. But thanks, or wow, or whatever. But but, but I'm not. But I'm not yeah. always sure because tracing it back Tasting is not you back, a, you can't like on Facebook it. you can see where it started, but on Twitter it's just sort of out there. And then it's always it's like
2: also is you got to realize too is things can be taken out of context, especially on things on Twitter when you have 140 characters. And, yes. But when people tweet things, and you know, I mean, I will admit totally. that I have gotten to the point where I like. I once posted a picture on Facebook. I have picked up prepackaged packaged hard-boiled eggs at the grocery store. I never bought them before, mm-hmm. and I they were kind of rubbery. So there had been a period of time on Facebook and Twitter in December of last year where I had been pulling away from it because people was just so. I mean, just uh, you just you never knew where you were going to find. you were yeah. all gone, and you're just like, oh come on. Right. Um, so I was like, this can't cause any problems. So I posted. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Boiled eggs, right? Famous last
2: How word. Famous controversial last word. can that be? Yeah. You would think I punk kicked babies into oncoming traffic. Wow. But um, I, I posted, like, oh, prepackaged hard-boiled eggs. Or kind of rubbery and then I used the NBC's the more you know like uh-huh. right? Yeah. and I posted that one about my business and one of my friends calls me and just like have you looked at your your Facebook post and I'm like oh my god like when everybody calls you and says that your heart oh, just drops because no. you're oh like what did god. I say what, what did happened? I do and you would I mean you literally would have thought that I instigated like a pro-life pro-choice like gun lobby I mean it was it was comments on there that were like I don't trust anybody who's too stupid to hard boil their eggs I mean I couldn't even get mad at this though I mean because I was like I was like I can't even get mad really that's a policy you have a policy about that good my time is so my time is not that valuable that I can't hard boil my own eggs I mean it was like just comment after comment after comment and these people I don't even think followed me I don't even know how it's also I say it's the curse of a verified page
0: Yes. yes yes if
2: you yes it's like immediately it just all the, well comes and to also Facebook
0: yeah. introduced something rather recently called trending topics to <gasps> Ooh, try to compete with I learned Twitter. that quickly yes bad, and bad, I learned bad. that and bad. I would comment on something that I didn't realize <laughs> yeah. was a trending topic and, oh my god I had 2,000 comments mm-hmm. from little cartoon people who wanted me to burn in hell and I was like what's happening yeah. and that's when I figured out what it was yeah. because wow. it was pushing posts to mm-hmm. people who had previously posted on their, and if you have a verified yeah.
2: page you're posted to the top yeah. and that happened to me a post about JK Rowling she had said that you know she doubted her work and I said, I said it's a Amazing that someone that successful. Yeah. Whether you like her stuff or not, the woman's successful. You right. have to admit yeah. that. Yeah. That she doubts herself and holy crap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, Maybe I was the like the most oh successful man. author ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, never mind, never yeah, mind. Yeah, totally.
0: But so you started this hashtag mm-hmm. and people really picked it up yeah. and they started it's running hashtag with it. Use, use social, social media, media for good. For good. Yeah. Yeah. God forgive. And Thanks. I think it was a great thing to do. Thank and it you. and it because it is, it asks that question in the internet age, particularly when we're talking about reviewing content like movies, books, and TVs, there's so much content. When someone gets really bent out of shape about a book or a movie or a TV show that they don't like, the best revenge is really to ignore it yeah. and to start posting about something they do like. Yeah. You know, like I think I think if they really want to like because that's the worst thing that can happen to a book, movie, or TV show right now is that it gets ignored. Yeah. So if you're really not a fan, you should vote with that. But if you start talking about it, that's more traffic for the thing. Exactly, and that's what they don't
1: understand. Yeah, voting with your feet, we used to call it. I wonder if this is a technological, I wonder if at the beginning of movable type, if this was a thing. You know, like, now that we, there's movable type and people can print anything they want, people are printing all these negative, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I yeah. wonder if this is, well, you know, or if about, we're in a particularly rageful place well, in I think history. About, you know,
2: I was I was a teenager when the internet really started to take off with it. AOL I am and stuff and thank God right. I was yeah. not a teenager now I don't oh no, I would oh geez yeah. the things I would post and do all <laughs> right <laughs> I would never get a job yeah. um, I would have to be like if I if I ever became an author after being a teenager now I'd be like oh we have to wipe the internet clean yeah, <laughs> I was totally. like I need to find someone <laughs> to wipe the internet clean but um it's but it's I think I don't you know I think you know interesting you brought it up that Twitter there was an article recently about how Twitter is dying because mm. only people that are left are ignorant people sometimes mm-hmm. that have and, but you know but I want to say that's also not true because if there's a whole bunch of people in there but what's happening I think is people are, are using it less because mm-hmm. they just don't want to be attacked for nothing right like, they're for putting less
0: out there yeah. on Twitter and and from a financial perspective the way Facebook is making money currently is that every post that you put and and, and particularly the long ones is full of information about you that they can data mine mm-hmm. for advertisers Twitter doesn't have that much on you because the posts are mm-hmm. shorter and if people are just Instinctively making fewer tweets or posting fewer tweets because they're afraid of the reaction. That's even less information for Twitter to data mine for mm-hmm. advertisers. The other thing that I will I've say never really gotten Twitter, which I, I always to I always want to bring up in this discussion because I think it's very revealing is that there was a Gid- video game, excuse me, platform recently. A Gideo A Gideo yeah. <laughs> Clearly, I'm a That's huge <laughs> video game person. Gideo
1: fan. Uh-huh. I
0: can't remember what it was. I can't, but it was some sort of chat room kind of system. And they said, look, they did. They said we have to do something about abuse and we have to do something about mm-hmm. trolling. So they did research into who was doing what. And what they found is that the belief that there was – it's similar to what you were saying earlier. The belief that there was a distinct community of evil trolls who were just there to disrupt mm-hmm. and shut down was actually erroneous. It yeah. was not based in fact. what was What they discovered was that regular users of the platform – inadvertently or sometimes deliberately would engage in abusive and trolling mm-hmm. behavior. However, the good news was those people wanted to be there. They weren't just yeah. there to disrupt and destroy. So if you gave them rules, they adjusted. If you said, if you do this, you will lose your access to this platform, they actually changed their behavior. And that's like, if you start looking at the problem from that way as opposed to some people are just well, yeah. out to destroy and, and disrup- there's the hope. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, I have, I have an answer for Twitter. All they have to do is... Basically, have the rules, which they do have, and a way to enforce them is by requiring someone to register their account to a verifiable phone number. Mm -hmm. So, if you are blocked or you are basically, you know, if Twitter cancels you because you are abusive, what happens? They go and create another profile. They can't do that if they don't have another phone number.
3: Right, right. So,
2: make them register with a valid cell phone number. And if you get That's a kicked good out, idea. I mean, now, yes, there is a problem. You, it just can't be based on people reporting you or blocking you. Right. But here's the thing it but takes that... seconds for you to look at someone's account and see what they're tweeting to people. If it takes me seconds to look at somebody and see that literally the last five tweets right. has been threats and just harassing multiple different people, right. Kick, that person needs to go. But, Sorry. There has to
0: be yeah. some objective standard yeah. of, of there has to be a review process overseen by humans. What they want to do is they want to farm it out to computers and algorithms. Well, it's and like Facebook
1: has that. That. Yeah. Facebook has that. Facebook has where it goes to There has to be a willingness a to staff yeah. up for the actual yeah. issue. I, I think the biggest problem with the all of this internet, all of these internet issues, is that those companies' model, their business model, is built on there not being much in the way of staff. Yeah. everything is handled, as you say, mm-hmm. by computers and algorithms. And until they're willing to make the commitment for somebody to have yeah. that two seconds, that you know, to to check and see that it's all.
2: Yeah, I yeah. Think that, it, that they're it's... just
1: doing abusive posts, then right. Then they're not going to be able to do the... We could clearly do a week of shows yes, with Jennifer yes. Armitrout <laughs> on this
0: topic, and we'd love to have you come back and do another show, but we gotta but get we you go. But we will
1: definitely do. Yeah. Hashtag...
0: Use social media for good, and we'll remind everybody... Good for you. Thank you. The Dream and of You, a wait-for-you novella is for sale at thedinnerpartyshow.com. That's your installment in 1001 Dark Nights, and, and you're,
1: you will have 200 books out next month <laughs> that you're writing right and now. the Obsidian series is... Going to be well. Is is, five it, is the series of, called Obsidian, um, or the just series, the particular the Lux series? It's called
2: the Lux series. But there is a new book coming out December first called Oblivion, and it's the first three books in the main male characters' POV. It's in Demon Blacks' um, POV, so it's a Damon. massive. Love, Demon. Excellent. Yeah. excellent.
0: Thank you for being with us, Jennifer. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. And coming up later in the show, as we all told everybody, Jennifer is in A Thousand and One Dark Nights. We're going to talk about some other authors who will be on the show from A Thousand and One Dark so Nights. So many authors. <laughs> we'll be back.
1: Do you love the sense of connection you get from social media?
0: I can't wait for all of my friends to see this video of me and my dance recital.
1: But do you hate being connected to people who only want to hurt your feelings? Look at this stupid bitch. Stupid
0: dance recital video. I'm gonna post a comment. You look like a dumb whore. I hate your whore face. Go do whore things instead of dancing, cause you suck.
2: Oh my God, who is this guy? Why are people so mean?
1: We're not quite sure, young lady. What we are sure of is that nice people like you have gone long enough putting up with the kind of hate speech that defines so much of internet communications. That's why we've developed Find a Troll. Wait, what? I said Find a Troll. Uh, find? What do you mean, fuh? Utilizing the latest global positioning software made popular by mobile dating apps. Find-a-Troll uses firewall-busting technology to pinpoint the exact location of the jerk who just verbally abused you by way of an anonymous blog post or a fake profile.
0: Oh, shit, shit, wait, no, 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 wait, 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 wait.
1: Then, Find-a-Troll unleashes a mole that takes control of all the electrical systems and local data networks at the target's exact location.
0: Why is it dark? Ow! My computer's on fire, help! Everywhere I look, there are blue
3: sparks!
1: Featuring the creative brain power of the Hollywood writers who devised the death scenes in the most recent Final Destination film, Find a Troll creates a literal living nightmare in the immediate vicinity of the internet troll in question, rendering them as powerless and humiliated as you felt when you read their hateful comments.
0: Why is my dishwasher coming towards me?
1: I don't know, isn't this kind of mean? Don't worry. Find a Troll simultaneously uses an international routing system to place untraceable phone calls to all the local emergency services near the target's location. Calls which significantly increase the target's chances of escaping their home before it becomes a smoking ruin.
2: Yeah, but what about their neighbors?
1: Don't overthink this, young lady. The internet is a jungle. Do you want to be predator or prey?
2: Oh my god, I'll just stop posting stuff online. Yeah, that's
1: not going to happen.
2: I guess you're right. Where do I sign up? Find
1: a troll. Don't let all those hateful comments go unanswered.
3: Who's the whore face now, troll? Oh, please, God. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Please make it stop. The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, bringing you interviews with some of the hottest celebrities who made the mistake of taking Christopher and Eric's call. I'm
1: Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. Are you
0: ready?
3: Ready for what?
1: Dark Nights Fest. Are we just interviewing authors? Uh, We do that all the time here at the Dinner Party Show. But rarely
0: have we done nine authors in one show. Nine? Oh my God.
1: How we ever do it.
0: Find out this Sunday, November 29th at 8pm Eastern, 5pm Pacific when we bring you Dark Nights Fest 2015 featuring, are you ready?
1: So ready.
0: Laura K. Laura Wright, Lorelai James, Alexandra Ivy, Donna Grant, Melissa Foster, Laura Adrian, Rebecca Zanetti, and Shayla Black.
1: Whew. I'm exhausted just from listening to their
0: names. It's a jam-packed hour of dinner party show madness with some of the most popular romance writers in the world. That's Sunday, November 29th, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific at TheDinnerPartyShow.com.
3: The Dinner Party Show, a new live cast, begins airing every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific at TheDinnerPartyShow.com or through our free mobile app. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, where all of our shows are available for free, any time you want to listen. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn where dessert is the most important meal of the day.
0: Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm
1: Eric Shaw Quinn and you've been listening to our special extended interview with number one New York Times best-selling author Jennifer L. Armentrout.
0: That's right. Jennifer's new novella in the 1001 Dark Nights series, Dream of You, is available for sale at the DinnerPartyshow.com,
1: as are all
0: of the novellas in the series including... Christopher's new
1: Romance kiss the flame. Uh-huh. See, that's why you got to keep your best friend around so he can toot your horn. When you're too embarrassed to do it yourself, although in this context, that maybe sounds a little questionable.
0: Exactly. And while we're at it, I'll remind you that Right Murder, Eric Shaw Quinn's new murder mystery, is also available for sale at thedinnerpartyshow.com. And if you've read it, we'd love to have your honest review
1: on Amazon. How's
0: that for tootin', friend?
1: That's really excellent. Thanks. Well, let's get off the tooting thing before it turns ugly. Or smelly. kind of already did. <laughs> oh, God. Christopher, you went there. So you kind of got ahead of the script there,
0: Chuck Lynn. I see how I was setting up the joke. Um... <laughs> Speaking of there, we've got more (laughs) surprises in store for next week's all-new episode
1: of The Dinner Party Show. Wow, that's what I call a desperate segue. Yeah, it's
0: pretty desperate. And also, we want to remind people that this Friday, if you are a subscriber to our email list, we're sending out our Black Friday favorites.
1: Right, you can do your Christmas shopping with The Dinner Party Show, help support the show, and find out what our recommendations are for your Christmas shopping list.
0: Absolutely, and there'll be new favorites added to Christopher and Eric's favorites, but we'll also be featuring probably our favorite, favorite of favorite the entire of the year. year. Right. And these are genuine recommendations. We always remind Stuff people Stuff we of actually absolutely. have and love. Absolutely. Anyway, so... Uh, and
1: shopping through the, the gold box or through any of these links when you're doing your shopping at Amazon helps support the show and doesn't cost you anything extra.
0: Absolutely. So
1: toot us. Do some tootin' of our right? horns
0: on have, the dinner party and have show. have a great
1: Black Friday.
0: Absolutely. Next Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, we bring you Dark Nights Fest. That's right? We'll be talking to all of the authors featured in 1001 Dark Nights in 2015 who haven't yet graced us here on the Dinner Party Show this year and that is a group that includes New York Times bestsellers Lorelai James Laura Wright, Laura Kay Laura Adrian That's a
1: lot of Lauras.
0: uh, Rebecca Zanetti Uh Melissa Foster, Alexandra Ivey Donna Grant and Shayla Black
1: (laughs) That's no Lauras. There are no Lauras in that second group you just read. Well thank you Captain Obvious. Well I'm disappointed for a second there. I thought we were going to be able to call the show a whole lot of Laura. well we
0: can't but maybe that's what you can call your musical about next week's show that I'm sure you're going to start working on as soon as we wrap up here are you done?
1: (laughs) I will let you know when I am done which will be never
0: promises promises (laughs) at any rate musical cue next Sunday is Dark Nights Fest as Kiss the Flame month continues
1: and normally at this point I would remind you of what Kiss the Flame actually is but apparently I'm done so Christopher will have to do his own self promotion from here on out
0: toot toot (laughs) Until then, we want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble. I'm Christopher Rice, and I'm thankful for Eric's tooting on my behalf. And
1: I'm Eric Shawquin, and I'm thankful for Christopher's desperate segues. And
0: you have been listening to The Dinner Party Show.
1: Thanks.